This is Liam Hendricks, and you're watching Crosstown Crosstalk on the Barroom Network. Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Every summer in Chicago, the sunshine spotlights the city's spectacular skyline, its luxurious lakeshore, marvelous monuments, and the over 200 neighborhoods in the city. And it also brings to light two of the greatest sports franchises in the world. On the north side, it's the Cubs. On the south side, it's the White Sox. This is Crosstown Crosstalk. Hello and welcome to another very exciting episode of Crosstown Crosstalk presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi and I am super stoked to be here today. Ladies and gentlemen, wow. We are at October 19th already. Holy shnikes. The greatest sports month in the world is two-thirds over, which basically means that the Major League Baseball playoffs is two-thirds over because the NHL and the NFL and the NBA, those are just really getting going, right? Like, we're not losing those at the end of October. What makes October so special is the fact that those great winter sports are joined by postseason baseball. Um, shout out to Travis, who's been waiting in the chat since 1030. Holy crap. Thank you for the support. That's outstanding. He says, what's up? Some good baseball being played. Get me through my day. I got to drive to College Station for my son's football game tonight. Does that mean your son is playing at Texas A&M tonight? What's going on there? I need to hear more details of this. Travis, please provide. Um, College Station, obviously, you know. Very interesting. I know Travis is in Texas, so it would make sense. But, like, you're going to A&M tonight? Cool. That's awesome. Um, Huge fan of Texas A&M. I'm an SEC guy. So, like, any team in the SEC, I cheer for for the most part. Unless, like, they piss me off for whatever reason. But, you know, I don't do the big – like, I I watch college football, all of it. But, like, when it comes to the playoff, who's Vinny rooting for? Whoever's representing the SEC. Um, it's going to take a little getting used to, to like get back into being into the Longhorns in Oklahoma starting next year, I think. Um, but you know, we'll make it happen. And speaking of Texas, the state of Texas is well represented in the sports world right now. The Dallas Cowboys are okay. The Houston Texans might have a dog in CJ Stroud playing quarterback for them. The Dallas Mavericks seem to be a competitive basketball team every year. The Dallas Stars are amongst a Stanley Cup contenders and favorites. Um, he says, LOL, no, he plays high school football, so we are traveling to play College Station High School. I did see A&M Field for the first time last he played up there, last time he played up there. Very cool. Very cool. That's outstanding. Heard it's one of the loudest, craziest college atmospheres. I know every college thinks they're that team, but I'm fairly certain Texas A&M is considered to be like the 12th man type of stadium in the NFL. I could be wrong. I'm kind of dumb, but back to the Texas sports pro sports conversation. Yeah. The Dallas stars, they're one of the best teams in the NHL and they're already off to a decent start and they look good. They have superstars. They have good veterans. And then you go over to baseball and you look and you see the 
last two remaining teams from the American League play in Texas. And we kind of previewed the series a little bit last week. Um, you know, had a great Texas Rangers guest from Lockdown Rangers talked about that series against the Astros. Um, well, after watching last night, I have a feeling this series is going to be absolutely banana lands because um, it's not going to be a sweep. Of course, it was kind of looking that way after game two. And then last night, the Houston daddies, the Houston Astros, whatever you want to call them, the baseball, the the heel of baseball for sure. Definitely. I would say out of all 30 teams, they're the biggest heel. Um, they came out and they stopped on the Texas Rangers pitching. Now they gave up some runs themselves. I'm sure they're not thrilled about the runs that they gave up, but it was finally a, a mediumly competitive baseball game. Um, it was within three runs at the end. Like that's close enough. It was a save situation. Um, you know, and they ended up picking up the win and now the Houston Astros have their first win of the ALCS. I did not think it would take till game three to find the first win of the ALCS for the Houston Astros. Our guy, Jose Abreu, you know, great playoffs so far. He was a huge help and them defeating the Minnesota Twins. And now here we are in the ALCS and he's, you know, destroying baseballs. How about Jose Altuve, the actual best Jose in the MLB? He's the all-time home run in the postseason king now. He is just truly one of the greatest postseason performers who ever existed. And it's part of the reason the Astros are looking to win their third World Series since he's been a part of the team. They're looking to get to the fourth World Series since he's been a part of the team. I mean, shout out to Jose Altuve. He's been absolutely unreal. Um, and the Houston Astros, they get within one game of the Texas Rangers. So people in Texas, they're probably going crazy. Right. Like I'm sure there's a fair amount of banter back and forth between the two sides, similar to if the White Sox were to play the Cubs in a postseason series. Um, they But they play in the same division, not opposite uh, leagues. So, you know, their playoffs, they, if they play each other, it's always before the World Series, which is cool because the winner will go on and play one of the two National League teams that remain. Um, I have a feeling the rest of this series is going to get very competitive. Very competitive. Um, game three or game four, which will take place tonight. If you're listening on audio, it's Thursday. Um, if you're watching now, obviously tonight. Um, it's going to be Urquidy for the Astros. And Urquidy, he's pushed in the postseason. He's, you know, he's done well. He's got a 3.18 ERA. He's 1-0 so far in the playoffs. And throughout the regular season, he had a very good year. There's no doubt nobody's questioning Urquidy. But then you look at Andrew Heaney who's the starting pitcher for the Texas Rangers tonight. And I'm like, Andrew Heaney, where do I remember that name from? Obviously, he's been in the MLB for a long time, but why am I associated with Andrew Heaney? Oh, yeah. He started the Field of Dreams game for the New York Yankees. It was Heaney versus Lynn. Um, the White Sox got to Heaney early, and I remember Yankee fans. They got a lot of them on Twitter with the whole Devils Association. Um they were pissed that Heaney was getting the start. I'm like, guys, it's just a random game on a Thursday that happens to be taking place in Corn in Iowa. They're, it's not like a playoff game where they're lining up their top starter to play. Uh, it was supposed to be Rodon for the White Sox, and then he had a little bit of dead arm, so they switched it to Lance Lynn. But outside of that, 
it just happened to be where the White Sox were in their rotation that the top pitcher of, on their team from that season got the start. You know, Garrett Cole, he, he didn't line up for him it to be his start. So they went with Heaney, and obviously the White Sox took the big lead. The Yankees came back against Chicago's bullpen. Um, we love Liam Hendricks. You see him at the beginning of every show. He's the only person besides me to appear on every episode of Crosstown Crosstalk since his interview. And he his worst game with the White Sox. And he mentioned it on our interview on this show when Liam Hendricks came on. He said his worst performance as a member of the Chicago White Sox was in the Field of Dreams game. And he like credits himself a little bit um, for Tim Anderson's, you know, amazing home run that made us all so happy. That would have never happened if Hendricks didn't kind of have a crappy inning. And I believe Hendricks is credited as the winning pitcher of the game, oddly enough, which is very funny. But, yeah, Heaney, he got the start. But let me tell you something. Heaney, since going to the Rangers, has just been incredible. He's been a part of their, uh, you know, their sequence all season long, their starting rotation. And now he's here in the playoffs. He gets to the ALCS with a 2.45 ERA. Uh, he would love to keep that type of ERA going, a 2.45 ERA in the postseason. That's redonkulous. And, you know, it's going to be him versus Urquidy in game four of the ALCS. The Astros are looking to tie the series and the Rangers are looking to put the Astros back against the wall with a three to one series lead who will prevail. I don't know. I'm leaning. Hmm. On bar. If you watch bar down every Wednesday, make sure you're tuning into that stuff, guys. That's, that's my favorite show. One of my favorite shows here on the bar room network, talking hockey. We do a little a bit of other sports too. And we kind of talked about the playoffs. I said, I think the rain, the Astros are going to come back. And this was when they were down too well. I was like, I kind of think the Astros are just going to, you know, show everyone who's boss and win four straight or four out of five. And good start for them with that prediction yesterday. Um, as Travis points out, the Astros are the perfect team you love to. I am no Astros fan, by the way. I, I talk highly of them because I used to talk crap about them after the 2017 uh, cheating scandal and whatnot. And then one year later, they or a couple years after they get caught, they go under 500 in the short season. They went 28 and 32. And then what did they do in that 28 and 32 short season? Still get to the ALCS. I mean, and they lost to the Rays in the series, who lost to the Dodgers in the World Series. But, I mean, the Astros have been in the ALCS for what? How many years in a row is that now? It's a bunch of years in a row. They definitely were in it this year, last year. Um, so that's 22. In 21, they lost the World Series to the Braves, so they were in the ALCS. In 2020, they beat the White Sox to go to the ALCS. In 2020, they lost to the Rays in the ALCS. I'm trying to think about 2019, though. The 29 were, yes. 20, wait, I don't remember. Yeah, they lost to the they lost to the Washington Nationals in the World Series, if I remember correctly, in 2019. And then in 2018, they were in the ALCS and lost to Boston. And then in 2017, they won the World Series. This team is just exclusively in the ALCS every single year. I pulled all that from my memory. I'm pretty sure that's correct. The only one I'm a little fried on is the um, the Nationals one. But I am getting confirmation that it is six straight ALCSs for the Houston Astros, which you can be annoyed with them. That's fine. I am kind of too. They beat the when the White Sox, they kind of ended the White Sox being good. Right, like the last time I watched the White Sox and thought, damn, this team is good, it was against the Houston Astros in the 2021 playoffs. I have every reason to hate them. The White Sox also smoked them in the 05 World Series, and nobody could ever take that away from me. Um, 
the, I almost like respect them now in a, like a weird, odd way. I just can't look at the Astros. And maybe it's just like the baseball purist that's in me. Yeah. And now I'm getting confirmation that um, this is actually seven straight uh, ALCSs for the Houston Astros. So 2023, yeah, all the way back to 2017. The last time they didn't play in the ALCS, the Cubs won the World Series. Um, I'm trying to remember who the Guardians played in the ALCS to get to the Cubs. I think it would have been the Yankees, maybe? No, the Yankees didn't make the playoffs that year. I don't remember who it was that the Guardians beat. Oh, Toronto. That's right. That really good Toronto team. Cleveland versus Toronto is the last ALCS to not feature the Houston Astros. When you got Altuve and Bregman, I mean, we're talking Hall of Famers here, and they lose players. Cole goes to the Yankees. Um, What's-his-name goes to Toronto, the leadoff hitter. George Springer, he goes to Toronto. They lose Correa, and they just replace these guys with better players or equal players. So, you know, I, I, I like, respect them in my own weird little way. Like, I, do I want them to lose? Yeah, kind of. But, like, is it also really funny? to see like casual baseball fans get nice and pissed off that the Astros are in it once again. Um, yeah, that also does kind of get me going a little bit. I do enjoy that. I would say, um, yeah, Travis points out it's, uh, it's the Toronto blue Jays that were in the ALCS last time the Astros weren't, um, they didn't win every ALCS Boston beat them. The Rays beat them, you know, when they get to the world series, they don't always win. Washington beat them. Atlanta beat them. But, you know, this team, it's loaded with Hall of Famers. And, I, you know, when I when I start to realize that guys are Hall of Famers, I almost start to like them a little bit more. I know that sounds like bandwagony or whatever it sounds like. That's fine. I respect greatness probably more than I should, even no matter who it is. Like, when I watch every sport, I want to be watching – um, the best players and the Astros have had some of the best players for a long time. Like I said, when they lose a, a Correa, they replace them with a Jeremy Pena. Like they're like, all right, Carlos. So yeah, dude, we got this Jeremy Pena kid to come in and play shortstop probably equally as well as you. Uh, if not better, they were both nominated for the gold glove last year. I actually forgot to look at who the shortstop nominees are for the gold glove this year. Um, we could actually definitely find that right now. Like, were, are they, were they both nominated again? Very funny if that's the case. Um, uh, Correa was nominated this year. Um, Pena was not, but that does not mean Pena had a bad year by any means. Um, the other Texas Ranger shortstop, though, Carlos uh, Corey Seager, excuse me, was nominated as well. Um, the Twins play good defense, man. A lot of good twins players represented on this list um which we will go over the gold glove uh nominees in a couple minutes um but yeah the alcs will wrap that up real quick um very very interesting hopefully hopefully this series goes seven i want to see a game seven between the two um american league teams and if game seven were to happen let's see game game six would be sunday yeah game seven would be monday so sign me up for a game seven between these two teams. I would love to see it. Um, if there's a game seven in the NL, it would be next Tuesday, the night before, a couple nights before our next show. We'll see the World Series is going to start on Friday. So our Crosstown Crosstalk um, this week 
is our next week is going to be a big time preview of the World Series. And I can't wait. We'll find out who the Astros or Rangers are going to play in the next round. Obviously, the NLCS is going on between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Before we get to that series really quick, I want to discuss a little bit the letting go or firing or resignation of Kim Eng, the general manager of the um, Miami Marlins, who was the first female general manager in the history of Major League Baseball, um, the highest ranking female executive in any pro sport, I believe, um, at least of the big four. And she did an incredible job. The Marlins went from being a cellar dweller in her first handful of years. She built it all the way up. And this year they were a pretty good wild card team that made a lot of people angry. And they ultimately lost in the first round. They lost to a team that's significantly better than them. That's going to beat almost everyone in their way, I think. Um, they, she makes good trades for Jake Berger. She adds Luis Arise to the mix. She did a very good job over in Miami. Now she's free. Uh, apparently they were looking to hire a team president. She didn't like that too much. Um now she's on the market, and there are going to be teams that go after her. There's no doubt there are going to be teams that go after her. I think the Chicago White Sox should be one of them. Chris Getz needs to put his damn ego to the side, still be the president. That's fine. He's never going to not be the president as long as Jerry Reinsdorf is there. But hire her to be the general manager or the assistant general manager if you're too much of an a-hole, Chris Getz. Bring Kim Ang in now. She started her career with the Chicago White Sox. Not many people know that. She was in the White Sox front office as an assistant general manager, I think it was, or maybe she was a, a scout. She started in the White Sox front office, and then she made her way to the Yankees, became a three-time World Series champion helping them. Um, and, you know, now she's been with the Marlins. She has earned her place in a front office of Major League Baseball, paving the way for many to come after her. Um, I think she's incredible, and I think the White Sox would be dumb not to be calling her every single day. Hey, Kim. What do we got to do to bring you in here? You know, Jerry's not going to give her part ownership. Whatever. Stupid. But, I mean, they need to get her in now. Go get Kim Ang White Sox. I think another team that would be a good fit, the Boston Red Sox. I know I'm a Boston Red Sox guy when they're not playing the White Sox. Everybody knows that. Them and the Braves have my non-White Sox baseball heart. Heim Bloom was let go in Boston. And... Kim Hang would be great for them too. So there are a couple teams. She would obviously fit in a front office with everyone, but like in terms of like who has positions available at the top of the top, the White Sox don't have. G, uh, Chris Getz is both. He's he replaced Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn. There's no reason that they can't want um, Kim Ang here in Chicago. So go get her, make it happen right now. Um, so over in the NL. The Philadelphia Phillies beat the Arizona Diamondbacks 10 to nothing on Tuesday night. They now hold a 2 nothing series lead over the Arizona Diamondbacks. I feel a little different about this series than I do the ALCS. I could see the ALCS going either way. I could see the Rangers winning the next two and taking the series in five games. I could see the Astros tying the series tonight then losing two straight to lose the series. I could see the Astros winning four straight total games. I could see it going to game seven by any mixture of wins and losses. I can literally see it going any which way. I truly believe that. With the NL, be a little surprised if the Diamondbacks win a single game. I'll tell you what. 
I'd be surprised if the Diamondbacks won a single game. They're great. They deserve respect. They made it in as a wild card team. The Phillies were a wild card team too, believe it or not. But they were like, they would have been a division winner in any other division or close to it. Um, The Braves were that good in the regular season. But once the playoffs turn on, man, you start to see Kyle Schwarber and Castellanos and Trey Turner and Bryce Harper. And then they're pitching with Nola and Wheeler. This team rules. They're my pick now to win the World Series. I, I, I had the Astros beating the Braves in the World Series. Now I kind of think the I'll still stick with the Astros. I know they're down a game. One of those two, though, obviously, I think loses to the Phillies. I, I don't know why. I, I like This Phillies team is just unbelievable. They were the National League champions last year, and they couldn't get it done in the World Series against the um, Houston Astros, who won the World Series again. But, man, this Phillies team. The Cubs thought Kyle Schwarber wasn't worth $8 million? Really? You know, I, I know I'm the Cub hater, everybody says. When in reality, I'm like, I'm not being a hater here. He wasn't worth $8 mil? You, you would have rather had um, Jock Peterson? Jock, Jock Peterson. He, he got the money that was supposed to go to Kyle Schwarber? And they traded him to the Braves for a bag of peanuts. And Schwarber signs a huge deal with the Phillies and is an outstanding postseason performer. And he's an outstanding regular season performer. He's proof that batting average is the worst stat in Major League Baseball. I love when people comment on my articles talking to, you know, give I'm grading every player on the White Sox right now. And I a lot of guys are getting Fs, obviously. They're 61 and 101. Uh, he had a good year. He hit 261 hitter. Benintendi he had a really good year. Benintendi sucked. His average was fine. Like, average is a shitty stat. Don't listen to batting average. Bad stat. Horrible stat. They minus 1.5 war. Decent batting average. Yeah, he had a good year. Kyle Schwarber, his batting average was awful. He hit 40 bombs and had 100 RBIs. Like, get out of here with that. Kyle Schwarber's amazing. And the Cubs tweaked and the Red Sox tweaked and the Nationals tweaked. Every team that had Kyle Schwarber that let him go tweaked. And now the Phillies are reaping the benefits and this Bryce Harper. I'll tell you what. Bryce Harper was Connor Bedard. You know, social media is a little more prevalent now than it was back when uh, Bryce Harper was coming up. But Bryce Harper was... Um, Connor Bedard or McDavid or like Andrew Luck, all these hyped up prospects in any sport. Bryce Harper was amongst them. He had more hype than Mike Trout. I don't think he was as good as Mike Trout in his best years, but close. Bryce Harper has lived up to being the number one pick, the number one prospect. So much hype since 17 years old or 16 years old. We knew he was going to play in the MLB young. Um, he has lived up to everything that he was supposed to be and more because he's a team leader. He's the face of the league. Now he's in Philly that markets him well. Um, it was tough sledding for him when he left, and then the Nationals won the World Series the next year. Um, you know, But, I mean, now it's the Phillies' turn. Go get that ring, Bryce. It's your turn. I truly believe all the greats should get a ring if, if they can. I, it's going to suck that Mike Trout will likely retire without one unless he switches teams and they get lucky. Um, but the Phillies, man, this is your time. You didn't get it last year. Go get it this year. Harper's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I love watching him play. And the fact that 
you know, he was an outfielder, but he had to deal with some surgery, but he still was able to hit. So they're like, okay, you'll play first. And he's been very good. Credit to Bryce Harper for doing whatever it takes to become the best baseball player that he can be. He deserves every bit of praise. I love watching him play. I've become such a Harper guy. Um, I've become such a Harper guy over the last handful of years. So we'll see what happens, but I can't wait to, you know, see what happens with him in his career. Um, it's going to be fun. It should be a also noted Trey Turner. Trey Turner had a terrible start to the 2023 season. It looked like an albatross contract after the first month, and Phillies fans were worried we gave all this guy all this money. He used all his superpower in the World Baseball Classic when he was America's shortstop. He was their best player. They got to the World Cup or World Baseball Classic final thanks to Trey Turner. He was the big piece of the puzzle. And then all of a sudden, he starts the season, and he's awful. I was at the game. I was at the game where Trey Turner hit his first home run of the season, actually. It was against the White Sox that guaranteed Ray Field. No joke. And Phillies fans that were there, they went banana lands when he hit that first home run. And then the struggles kind of continued a little bit after that. I kind of thought the floodgates would open following the Trey Turner first home run of the season. They didn't really right away. It took a minute. Then after one of his worst games, the Philly faithful, that crazy fan base that they have, decided to give him a standing ovation when he wasn't good. And from that moment, he has been one of the best players in Major League Baseball once again. I think over the last seven or eight years, he is the best, one of the best players in baseball. Like, if you were to rank the best players in baseball over the last five years, I think you'd start with Mike Trout, you'd move over to Shohei Otani, and then you'd get uh, Bryce Harper and Aaron Judge in the mix. I think for a while there, Manny Machado and Giancarlo Stanton and all these guys were up there. Uh, Mookie Betts, certainly up there. Rafael Devers. You start to see Trey Turner's name show up in the mid mid to end of top 10 in the last 10 years, too. Just an absolute dog in Major League Baseball, and I'm so happy to see him having success now after such a rough start in the Philly fans. They did the exact opposite of White Sox fans would do. You know, he's struggling. Hey, let's give him a standing ovation. Whosever idea that was, deserves a World Series ring if they win because they don't win. I mean, they didn't win the World Series. They didn't have Trey Turner last year. All of a sudden this year they add him and they look even better than they were last year. Obviously, that makes sense. He deserves all of the recognition, and so do the fans in Philly for sticking with him. Not necessarily a trade I thought would exist with the Philadelphia Phillies fans. That's not necessarily – like, it's not something I saw coming, but – you know, because they're no, they're Philly, right? Like the Philly scumbags. Like, oh, Philly, they're mean. Boo everyone. The city of brotherly hate. Not this time. And that crowd in Philly, is there a more intimate? We talked about College Station. What's the College Station of MLB? I think it might be Philly. I, I don't see how there can be an argument against it. They That crowd is unreal. Tune in. Watch the rest of the NLCS. Watch the World Series. The Philadelphia Phillies fans, they're right there. They're right there. And I remember when the White Sox had the blackout game and I saw that Portnoy tweeted, the White Sox have more 
oomph in their stadium or something along these lines. It's not verbatim than any Cubs playoff game I watched or went to. I think the White Sox could be that kind of fan base like Philly. And, you know, I saw like, like, you know, all the major media outlets like Bleacher Report and Fan Sided, obviously, all saying basically the same thing about the White Sox fan base. And I'm watching this Philly fan base. I'm like, man, it's just a shame the White Sox don't do what they can each and every year to put themselves in a position to be the Philadelphia Phillies. They just don't. It sucks, but it is what it is. Um, the a- ALCS 2-1 series lead in favor of the Texas Rangers over the Houston Astros. The NLCS a 2-0 series lead in favor of the Philadelphia Phillies over the Arizona Diamondbacks. You got a couple games tonight talking about um, Thursday. At 4 o'clock Central Time, the Phillies will play the D-backs. Can't wait to tune into that game. And then at night, the nightcap, the Houston Astros versus the Texas Rangers at 7 o'clock. Um, also... I just want to go over really quick the finalists for the Gold Glove Award. In the American League at catcher, you have Yona Heim with Alejandro Kirk and Adley Rushman. At first base, you have Nathaniel Lowe with Ryan Mountcastle and Anthony Rizzo at first base. Shout out Rizzo. Um, at second base, uh, Mauricio Dubon, Andre Jimenez, and Marcus Simeon. Obviously, three outstanding uh, second baseman. It's always funny. The, these teams that find themselves in the final four, final six, are usually the teams that play quality defense and have a whole bunch of gold glovers. Funny how that works, White Sox. Um, at third base, you have Alex Bregman, Matt Chapman, and Jose Ramirez. Obviously, White Sox fans know Jose Ramirez well. You know all three of them well, but Jose Ramirez, thorn in our side, punch Tim Anderson right in the face. Uh, speaking of shortstops, uh, Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, Anthony Volpe of the New York Yankees. In left field, you have Austin Hayes, Stephen Kwan, and Dalton Var. Oh, Dalton Varsho of the Toronto Blue Jays. I couldn't read it for a second. Uh, at center field, Kevin Kiermeyer, Luis Robert Jr. of the Chicago White Sox, Julio Rodriguez of the Seattle Mariners. In right field, you have Adolis Garcia, Kyle Tucker, and Alex Verdugo Red Sox. Um, at pitcher. Pitcher's always interesting. They could have crap years pitching-wise and still be nominated for the Gold Glove. Shout-out Dallas Keuchel. Um, Jose Barrios, Sonny Gray, and Pablo Lopez. Very interesting. Very interesting. And then Utility, Mauricio Dubon, Zach McKinstry, and Taylor Walls. Very interesting. I'm trying to think of who's going to win the Platinum Glove. Wouldn't shock me if it's Luis Robert Jr., wouldn't shock me at all. I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case. The White Sox stink. It's hard to get votes when you stink that bad. Um, but he's certainly in the mix for the Platinum Glove. Shout out my face turning into a Rawlings Gold Glove Award. That's probably the coolest looking award that Major League Baseball gives away. Um, and then over in the NL, we'll touch on those too, of course. Um, at catcher, you have Patrick Finley of the Giants, Gabriel Moreno of the Diamondbacks, and JT Realmuto of the Phillies. At first base, we're running Freddie Freeman, Carlos Correa, and Christian Walker. At second base, Chicago Cubs fans, Nico Horner, and then Ha Sung Kim of the San Diego Padres, and then Byron Scott of the Philadelphia Phillies. At third base, you have Key Brian Hayes. Shout out Robert Murray for breaking his contract. Uh, Ryan McMahon, Colorado Rockies. Austin Riley of the Atlanta Braves. At shortstop, you have... Francisco Lindor, 
Shout out Dansby Swanson of the Chicago Cubs and Ezekiel Tovar of the Colorado Rockies. In left field, shout out Chicago Cubs fans, Ian Happ, David Peralta of the Los Angeles Dodgers, and Eddie Rosario of the Atlanta Braves. At center field, you have Brennan Doyle of the Rockies, Michael Harris II of the Atlanta Braves, and Alec Thomas, Naperville baseball player of the Arizona Diamondbacks. I think Alec Thomas is from Naperville, if I'm thinking of the right guy. Um, in right field, Mookie Betts, Fernando Tatis Jr., moving from shortstop to left field this season, nominated for the Gold Glove, outstanding move by the San Diego Padres, Lane Thomas of the Washington Nationals, and then at pitcher, Jesus Lazardo, Taiwan Walker, and Zach Wheeler, two Braves, or two Phillies, I mean, nominated for the Gold Glove at pitcher, and then for utility, Mookie Betts, Tommy Edmond, and Ha Sung Kim, outstanding list of defensive players in both the American League and the National League. Tonight, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to take on the uh, New Orleans Saints in Thursday night football. Trevor Lawrence expects to play. Dealt with a little bit of a knee injury after last week. He's been questionable all week. He's still questionable right now, and he will work out before the game starts to see if you know he's good to go, but he expects to play tonight. So we'll see if good old number 16 from Clemson is able to start for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I will be all over that game for blackandteal.com. I hope everybody tunes in and watches and reads the articles and stuff. I can't wait to do that. Um, it's going to be so fun. And then, of course, there's plenty of NHL hockey going on as well. Um, had a story come out this morning for Puck Pros about how great the Red Wings and Senators have been to watch this season. And then I realized halfway through writing the article, they're each other's next opponent. What outstanding theater that's going to be. So make sure you tune in to all the sports. Come back here after you're done to the Barroom Network and to my Twitter at, fan, at Vinny Parisi to read all my reactions to the stuff on fansided.com. Um, it's a blast, man. It's getting more and more fun. Once baseball's over, I will have a slightly lighter workload, <laughs> obviously. October's crazy. But, um, you know, it's very fun. Very, very fun. Yeah, so we got these highlights of the Red Wings. They were playing the Pittsburgh Penguins last night. And Alex DeBrinkett, former Chicago Blackhawks star, looks like he's better again. Last year was a down year for him with the Ottawa Senators. Now he's playing for his hometown Detroit Red Wings. The Farmington Hills, Michigan native is ready to rock. He's the NHL's leading scorer as we enter play on Thursday. That's very, very fun. I hope everybody tunes in to Bar Down Talking Hockey next Wednesday, um, 2 p.m. Can't wait. And then guess what, guys? Next Thursday on Crosstown Crosshawk, very special announcement coming right here, right now. If you're watching right now, if you're watching right now, you get to see this and hear this. I will announce it on social media a little bit later. If you're watching, you get to know the news before everybody else or listening. Chicago Cubs pitcher Jordan Wicks is coming on the show next week. It will be another 11 a.m. episode, and it will be myself interviewing um jordan wicks and i can't wait to speak baseball with him um it's not it's not something to take lightly we have a major league baseball player coming on the network next weekend and i can't wait to get this thing to all of you it's going to be an absolute pleasure to bring such great content to the team um travis says talking hockey has become my favorite show on the bar room you know travis i might have to concur Bar, bar down talking hockey is very fun. 
Um, we don't only talk hockey. The entire third period is almost exclusively dedicated to football or pop culture every show, um, unless it's like a crazy um, you know, hockey week where all three periods need to be dedicated to hockey. Um, we, we try to venture out in the third period and make it entertaining for folks who might not you know, love hockey as much, but they want to hear me and Frank talk about football or Big Brother or pop culture. Marvel's firing back up again starting in a couple weeks, actually now with Loki, and then, you know, it always gets fun. Um, so I think it's a big deal that Jordan Wick's coming on next week. Make sure everybody tunes in. I'm very excited. It'll be fun to see, as Travis says, an exciting young player come on the Barroom Network and join the list of MLB players that join the Barroom Network alumni. Um, should be a lot of fun. Um, and just to let everybody know, uh, Mike North and Joe Mandel are going to be doing Somebody Big Just Died and twice over the next handful of days. Obviously, Suzanne Summers, 7 p.m. Central tonight. And then on Saturday morning, Burt Young. So you're going to want to make sure to tune in and listen to Mike North reminisce about the lives of some former stars out there in sports and pop culture. It's a great, it's a great show. Um, and shout out to Joe Mandel for taking care of business on this show. As usual, my great friend, a um, lot more than a colleague, great friend, um, helping me out with the shows all the time. It's great. I, I love doing it. And um, yeah. So Travis says, I need to ask Frankie next time if he ever finished and liked House of Dragon. I don't know if he finished it. He liked it up to where he was last time I spoke to him about it. I haven't started it. I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. For some reason, the last year, just I never have been able to find time to do House of Dragon yet. And I want to do House of Dragon live and go back to like Sunday nights with my friends with the next season if it continues to be good and people want to hang out during it because game of thrones sunday night football was like we'd watch that and then once the game or no football was over during season whatever during season eight and season seven i don't remember the exact foot how we were well, there were times we had to work football around game of thrones but it was just a great time. It was like an extra sporting event being around. Everybody wanted to get together and watch it. We need that to happen with House of Dragons, so I need to catch up. Um, I can't thank everybody for tuning in. Travis in the chat, everybody watching who didn't comment, but you're still enjoying the show. I, I can't wait to continue doing the show into the offseason and bring you some exclusive baseball offseason content while talking about other sports as well. Um, next week, Jordan Wicks, 11 a.m. Central Time. It's going to be a great great show make sure you tune in and all the rest of the shows in the barroom network obviously somebody big just died tonight with joe mandel and um mike north outstanding stuff um then over the weekend you're gonna want to get into the chicago bears game against the oakland raiders of course you got dan and aldo bear their souls the following tuesday um mike north will give his press conference um, we'll hear from Greg Gabriel and then fantasy football goon teaching you how to watch the bears and how to set your fantasy football lineups. Um, that's Sunday morning before kickoff. Uh, make sure you tune into all those as well. And everybody, I can't thank you enough for joining in. It has been a great 40 minutes talking major league baseball with you. And I can't wait to see who plays each other in the world series next Wednesday. I'll see you 2 PM talking hockey, big show coming up. Um, not quite as big as Crosstown Crosstalk next week, but still a big show nonetheless. Can't wait for it. And as always, thank you for listening. Another happy landing. <laughs>